Hey, Mucksters, just a heads up. The following episode of Lil Muck was recorded during the current 2021 legislative session. Any and all legislation discussed with the elected official has possibly changed in language or failed to pass through the committees. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to episode 24 of Lil Muck, a tiny slice of the Muck podcast where we talk to people in the media and politics about their favorite stories or experiences. I'm Tina Jaramillo. And I'm Hillary Doherty. Hillary, tell us about today's guests. Well, we are so super excited about having... This Florida House rep from District 70, Michelle Rayner. Michelle is a Florida native and was born and raised in Pinellas County. Rayner comes from a long line of public service. Uh, Rayner is the founder and principal attorney at Civil Liberty Law. Representative Rayner has quickly become an emerging voice on the issues of criminal justice reform, education, health, and economic disparities, and race and gender issues, both locally and nationally. She currently serves as the local counsel for the NAACP Legal Defense Fund, served as an assistant public defender for Hillsborough and Pinellas Pasco counties and as a legislative aide to the former state senator Arthenia Joyner and made history as the first openly queer black woman in Florida's legislature when elected in November 2020. Welcome Representative Rayner. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited excited to be here well you know we have um a dream list of guests and you have been on that list since way before november so i can't even tell you how excited we are to have you here it means the world to us as florida activists and uh i mean we live in this bubble in broward you know um so we're we're, we got a lot of really great uh people around here but uh you've been doing amazing work over there in the North uh, west corner of Florida. A so, very important corner of Florida. Oh, yeah. So. Yes. So let's start with your amazing historic win. You're, you're in the middle of session right now, so we really appreciate you taking this time. Is it everything you dreamed it would be and more? <laughs> <laughs> I thought you would like that. I thought you would like that question. Yes. Oh, wow. So you just like jumped out of the gate. So is it everything I dreamed, it, dreamed of and more? So I will say this. It is definitely very challenging up here. And I think that it highlights, you know, when we say elections have consequences. You know, it's not just a cute mantra. It's not just something you say to get people to go out and vote. When you are actively up here in a legislature that is, you know, trying to stop your right to protest and trying to suppress votes and trying to restrict abortion access and trying to do, uh, you know, defund public schools, uh, it really highlights, you know, when we say elections have consequences. So, you know, it is wonderful doing the work. It is wonderful being able to do a lot of the community advocacy, being able to get vaccines out to uh, folks in my district and underserved communities. It is harder to do the policy work because you have a legislature that is controlled by one party and that party is not in alignment with my values and Mm -hmm. my uh the things I find important nor are they in alignment with what folks in my district find important and the things that they're talking to me about so um you know for example today there was a bill up in committee to ban you know children who um identify as trans from playing sports Nobody, when I was running for office, ever said, you know what, Michelle, it really just gets my joke, burns mm-hmm. my biscuit. 
is that mm-hmm. these children who identify as trans, that they're playing sports. No one ever said that to me. I have yet to find anyone that has said that to me. People have asked, hey, listen, I'm trying to make sure I can see my family. Hey, listen, I'm trying to make sure that I can get, at the time, COVID tested and now the vaccine. Hey, I'm trying to make sure I can, you know, not lose my job or I can still have housing security. Those are the things that people are concerned about. So we are in an unprecedented time and we here in Tallahassee are making uh, issues priorities that aren't priorities to the people. I love that. You know what it reminds me of is when we were going into war in Iraq and George W. Bush's he goes to, he goes and says, I'm going to I want a constitutional amendment that bans gay marriage. And everybody's like, wait a minute, we're yeah. in the worst time. <laughs> we're about to go into war. And Florida Floridians are suffering, suffering yes. in yeah. massive numbers, unemployment, health care. Yes. I mean, education. And this is what we're going to focus on. Trans children who want to play sports. I mean, is this what kind of, I mean, and there's, there's so many really shady bills like that, that just make no sense for, and and don't help anything right now. 125% agree. And, you know, our governor is going on a victory lap Mm. and a victory tour. And I, I I don't know what to say. Like, I just, it's, it's, it's just maddening that, we're seeing this happen. And I, and I feel like there are things that we can really focus on and we can hone in on and, you know, and, and I, 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 I'm, I'm concerned about some of these, these policies that nobody asked for, but that are ultimately now priorities Mm. of the legislature. So you mentioned the uh, anti-riot bill, which is moving along uh, in Florida. What aspects of that bill is most troubling to you? Well, um, how long is this podcast, y'all? <laughs> <laughs> so so um, there's a lot of things that are really troubling to me. Um, one is the restriction on um, folks' uh, freedom of speech. But really, but let me just like back up, actually. So when this priority bill was announced, I believe, in October 2020, it was a response to the movement for black lives and the defense for black lives. Right. This bill was then filed on January 6th while the insurrection was happening. Mm. And then it was couched as this is a response to the insurrection. Mm, you know, let's right. call it, thing. it is not a response to the insurrection. It is a response that you don't believe that black and brown folks and LGBTQ folks and white accomplices and allies to be out here protesting police brutality and the defense of black and brown lives and indigenous lives, that this is the bill that became a priority for, for the governor and for the legislature. So the, the foundation in its inception is what is incredibly disheartening. And I don't care, you know, my, my grandmother used to say, if, you know, you put a, a dress on a pig and you put lipstick on a pig, it's still a pig, right? It's still a pig. Yeah. No matter how you dress it up, it's still a pig. Mm-hmm. And that is what this bill is. So that's that. Number two, you're literally trying to thwart people's right and ability to protest and cr- further criminalize criminal offenses that are already found in the statute book. For what? And then if you are in the middle of a protest, one part of the bill says that, you know, you, if you're arrested, you can be held at zero bond. Mm. And then you also 
would be able to um oh be have a minimum mandatory sentence of six Oof. months. So if you've never yeah. gotten in trouble before and you're not able to get uh the prosecutor to agree to a downward departure because a judge is not gonna be able to have any discretion, then what's gonna happen is that you're gonna go to jail for six months. So and wow. then we're not talking about the fiscal impact and the fiscal burden it's gonna have on um, local government. So when this bill came before the committee that I sit on, on uh, justice appropriations, I not only broke down the fiscal aspect of this bill, but I talked about, you know, I led the, the bill sponsor into the water of, hey, guess what? You would have arrested and Dr. King if, if this bill was enacted when he was alive. Yes. Wow. I mean... That's true. That's true. I mean, what do they, it's so difficult, you know, on this podcast, on the regular episodes, the muck that come on on Wednesday, we go through all kinds of American politics and it it is bone chilling. The the repetitive history we have all the time. And this kind of garbage was happening in the sixties. I mean, it's just, it's just the same ways over and over again to, to keep down marginalized communities or arrest folks or, I mean, not to mention put them, and now they're in the system, which is even harder to get out of. But not even arresting them, but the, the expansion of sort of the stand your ground that someone can be, you know, uh, killed or, for their first amendment. Oh, they removed that y'all. So the, oh, the, the way okay. they, the way they accused us, that, that was initially going to be in the bill, but we removed that. I'm still like, but it's still a trash bill. So I'm, oh, I'm not goodness. clear why, why removing that should make me feel better about this bill. Oh my, I mean, oh. the whole thing needs to be thrown in the dumpster with the rest of the fire yes. of 2020. Oh God. Um, okay. <laughs> so let me, t- let me ask you about this really important bill that you are sponsoring in the house and the wonderful and amazing and fantastic Senator Chevron Jones is sponsoring the Senate. It's house bill 261, Senate bill 670 that would allow a person to more easily pursue legal action against a government employee for wrongdoing. So it's basically qualified immunity. It, um, right now that, or it's, it's getting rid of qualified immunity that that shields government workers from being held personally liable in suits where they are accused of violating violating someone's rights so can you tell us about why this bill why you're sponsoring this bill and why it's important uh, to pass this in florida yes so first off i'm sponsoring this bill because of the work that i've done um as an attorney as a rights attorney and really um just to make our legal system especially when it comes to um police shootings and mm-hmm. uh, police violence, especially as people of color and black folks and LGBTQ folks, uh, for it to be more equitable. So usually when it comes to qualified immunity, the good faith kind of shields people. Oh, good faith? Well, well you know what? Then we, we can't do anything else. <laughs> and this book is ah, 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 not so fast. You can't just claim good faith without having to actually show and prove, and that's not necessarily a defense to what occurred, right? Mm. Um, because even in criminal law, you can say, listen, like, you know, I didn't have the intent to kill someone. Okay, so it may not be murder one, but it's still manslaughter because you still killed somebody. And you, you're going to have to, you know, face the consequence for that. And so with that, even if you're saying it, it's good faith, there, there, it, it removes that barrier for a lawsuit to still proceed, right? Mm-hmm. And so... Um, it's been making a little bit of news. And of course, is that bill going to get heard in this Florida legislature? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still filed it because I think it was important to file it. Um, there were some things I campaigned on and I told 
my constituents, this is what I was going to do. But also what was really disheartening that about a week ago, Sheriff Galtieri, Bob Galtieri, uh, over in Pinellas County in my district, said that Senator Jones and I were, this was self-serving rhetoric by us filing this bill. Mm. And I said, well, that's interesting. You've never called me. Mm. You've never had a conversation with me. Uh, I was, you know, I, I have nothing against law enforcement. Uh, one of his um, deputies was killed in the line of duty. I was there. I grieved with the family. Um, and because it was right, it was important to do so. Um, so for you to say that, to couch it as self-serving rhetoric and that we have this issue with law enforcement is not right. And it's also a dog whistle, right? And I'm not, you're not going to do that and then think that it's okay. Um, and so it was just, it's, it's frustrating because you're not even allowing us to have a conversation right. because a lot of times, you know, folks who are in law enforcement, they come from a mindset of anything that would, would seek to make it a little bit more equitable. I'm, I'm ultimately saying law enforcement is wrong, law enforcement is that absolutely not. That's never what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that we have to face the real reality of what's going on and what's going on in our state and what's going on in our country. Well, and also because when someone of color is murdered by a police officer, uh, they always, when they go to trial, uh, you know, it's almost like you could predict the outcome, especially in, in, with Stand Your Ground in Florida, you know? I mean, so if with you this... get to trial, if you get to right. trial, yes. right. if you get to trial, mm-hmm. you may not even get to trial. You file an action, they file a motion to dismiss, and it's a wrap. Right. Because wow. the judge can make that decision, right? The trial. Right. Right. And a judge makes such decision. You don't even get to a jury. It's very hard to get to a fact to the fact finder or jury. So mm-hmm. this bill removes that barrier to allow you to actually get to the fact finder or jury. That's mm-hmm. not a judge. And I wow. would think that a police officer would who works in the justice system really right like they would want they would say yeah I did the right thing I I or the right thing by like whatever their their rules are or whatever like they it was a clean shoot or whatever they're gonna say right. you would think they'd want to be cleared like why are they trying to avoid going to, to court because they, they just want it shut yeah I don't know why they would not want to do that and maybe because the bar is so high mm. when you know, while we have qualified immunity on the book, that it lowers it a little bit. Um, and I think that that is scary because you do have, and, and, and so I want to be very clear, you do have a handful, not a lot, a handful of officers that don't do it right. But to that point, John Morgan said this, and I thought it was so powerful. If you have you know, you know, 990 great officers and you have 10 that are bad and the 990 do not speak about the 10 that are bad. Mm -hmm. You have a thousand bad officers. Yes, absolutely. That that thin blue line or whatever that they, they call that they, you know, they protect each other and nothing changes in that way. And so, so it's up to legislator legislators like yourself to, to change those laws so that we can hold people accountable and maybe just maybe a system could change and protect people. Correct. Correct. And then also, you know, and also, you know, I think even going further, making a culture where there's 990 good officers feel safe and protected. Mm -hmm. If they come and say, this is what's going on and this can't stand. Yes. Right. Because there is that culture of shaming and, and ostracizing and things like that. If people do try to speak out. Uh, 
Exactly. So, so that has to be something to be fought against too. So it can sometimes be disheartening when we see the push to defund public schools, restricting abortion access, you know, uh, fighting against our First Amendment rights and things like that. What do you hope for for Florida? Is there still hope for us as a state? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't be a pessimist like me. Please don't be a pessimist like me. Please. So I will tell you this. I do have hope for Florida. Even when Florida, like, literally tells me, like, every cycle, oh, I don't know. Like, I do have hope for Florida because there are groups of women that I know, that I work with, that I either work with in a the legislative space or I work with in um, the organizing space, uh, Black women, specifically women of color, mm-hmm. LGBTQ folks who are doing this work. And so um, I am very close with some probably your friends, uh, Jasmine Rogers, Lindsay Pollard, and Maya Brown. Yes. You know, um, you know, the Nick Harris's of the world. Yes. <laughs> grades of the world like those people I mean and I'm, I'm just like I'm not even get, the current Freemans I'm not even getting like to the deep the depth mm-hmm. of the women that are doing this work and really I when I say press black women it's not like oh just trust us we're working. like we're literally putting our bodies on the line mm-hmm. putting our mental health on the line for a state and a system that's actually really violent to Black women and people of color and LGBTQ folks, because we believe what it could be. We believe that this state can actually live up to its promise, and we owe it to those coming behind us to give them a world that we were not afforded. Oh my God. I mean, yeah. I had another question, but I feel like we should end it there almost because it's beautiful. it is beautiful. And, uh, you know, representation matters. All those women you just named. I mean, I know who they are. I know there's a lot of people who know who they are, but it just your name alone. It just rings through the halls, you know, because you're being elected. It, it matters a lot to uh, young girls of color and queer women of color across the state. It just really means a lot. And the work that you're doing is why we need more women of color uh, elected because you have amazing amount of bills. I mean, we were we were going through yes. the bills like, which one should we talk about? Because <laughs> every one so of you doing just yeah. improves and brings light to your community. So I, I just... And yeah, just helping people in the community yeah. on so many different levels, especially during COVID. It's, it's just amazing work. Thank you. I appreciate y'all so much. I really do. I'm like, oh, y'all are amazing. I'm like, y'all will come with me everywhere. So when I pull it down, I'm going to be like, boop, 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 hey. No, but, um, but no, thank you. But I, 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 you know, I do believe so much is given that is required. And it is incumbent upon me to do that work because it is not easy. Um, it is not easy work, but it's necessary. And I, you know, one day when I have children, I don't want to look them in their face and like, mom, what did you do? Oh, uh, you know, I just mm. chilled out. Like, I just took it easy. I mean, so I was goofy. But making sure I'm okay does not ensure the future generations are okay. Yeah. And I know, um, I know it's not easy. I have had friends who served and they, they um, one in particular I can think of that she just went through hell up there. And I know that. It is not easy to serve, especially right now. Y'all are busy and you're getting it from all angles. And so I, you know, 
from all the way down here, yeah. you know, we send you love Thank and you. light. And uh, please know that we know you're fighting for everyone in the state, and we really appreciate your work and everything you're doing. So thank yes. you for taking time for being with us, being with us tonight. Y'all so much. I appreciate y'all, and thank you for you know you highlighting amazing people and highlighting what's going on. So I appreciate y'all for having me on. All right, have thank a good you night. So much. All right, have a good night. Bye. Bye. If you want to learn more about this week's guest, please follow the episode notes on our blog at themuckpodcast.fireside.fm and be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at The Muck Podcast. To support The Muck Podcast, please visit our Patreon page. We have three levels of support and different goodies for each level, Muckraker, Policy Wonk, or Bleeding Heart. We can't do it without you. Music for The Muck Podcast, written and performed by Sean Dougherty. <laughs>